Welcome to Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. This is Tuesday, the 12th of January. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. Tis almost halfway through the month already. Hard to believe. Hard to believe that uh, that Christmas and New Year's are behind us and teachers are going, when is spring break? When is spring break? It's coming up. Trust me, it's just around the corner. But uh, this isn't the long stretch. The long stretch is after spring break. There's a long stretch to the end of the year where there's like no breaks and teachers and students alike all go. But, you know, we get, uh, you know, there's some some, um, long weekends in January and February for various holidays, Martin Luther King Day and such. And so so you get a little bit of a break and then you get spring break and then you get nothing. And you get this long stretch of, you know, two and a half months to the end of the year then. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see how that all plays out for the fine folks who are teaching and learning online. Um, it's really weird because we're getting like these like dual messages right now. We're getting these messages of like, you know, here in California, the governor has said that, that there'll be like additional funds available for, for, uh, for schools that, that go back to on ground teaching in February then juxtapose that with we are in the worst part of the pandemic that we have been in. Our hospitals are at 100% capacity. People are dying while waiting in ambulances to get into hospitals. And uh, everybody's supposed to stay home. There's, it's, it's, there's been, you know, travel bans and lockdowns and, and, you know, things are as worse as, as, as they've been since this whole thing started and be really, really careful, but start school up in two weeks. Um, or, or, you know, or, or we'll give you some extra money if you please start school up in two weeks. It just seems weird. And they're saying, well, you know, the, the, the line that they've been saying from the beginning is, oh, well, students are less likely to, uh, to get it. But teachers aren't, and vaccinations aren't widespread and available yet. And why? And plus, it's trending younger. More people who are getting it are younger. Here's Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Todd. How are you? Terry's Diner is cooking breakfast, and the whole parking lot smells like bacon. Oh, man. It's good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, my vegan friend. (laughs) I, um... I was just talking about the fact that I feel like we're getting some really mixed messages from the government as to what to do, because uh, they have, um, you know, they I'm talking, you know, Cal- state of California, at least, has um, said that they're they're going to offer school districts some additional funds if they start on ground classes in February. And they're sending this message out literally this last week, this week, uh at the same time that they're saying that the pandemic is at its very worst, that there's travel bans going on, some places have curfews, our hospitals are at 100% capacity, people are dying waiting in line in an ambulance to get into a hospital, um, and we're seeing statistics saying that those that are getting it are trending younger, that half the people in L.A. didn't have pre-existing uh, c- uh, conditions, those that are in the hospital right now that were lucky enough to get in a hospital, um, and yet 
we're saying, yeah, but we want everybody to be back in school, you know? And it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand. Yeah, What's I don't the message here? I don't, you know, I don't get them. You know, it's like, are the politicians just pandering to both sides of the aisle, you know, you know, the, the, to, in order to, uh, um, uh, you know, make their point on this? I, I just don't get it. I don't quite get what's, what's the dealio. No. Um, and so, and given the quarantine in, the, in Los Angeles, so say you're a teacher in the city of Los Angeles, but you live in, I don't know, Pasadena or Sherman Oaks or something. Um, yeah. Are you supposed to, you know, quarantine 14 days while you're going to work? And how does that work? You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. there's a required, there's a mandated quarantine in, in the city of Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. It, 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 there's so many things that don't make sense about this. You know, the, the governor coming out and saying, we're going to give school districts more money if you all start back on ground in February. Because you know there's a bunch of district administrators who are salivating going, okay, how can we do this? Let's just force everybody back in. And yet, you know, teachers are in group 1B. So they're not 1A section 1, 2, or 3, which is currently who's supposed to be getting the vaccines. They're in 1B. Um, so, you know, you can't say, oh, well, the teachers have been vaccinated. And, and, and even if you said, well, they'll be vaccinated by February, well, that's two weeks from now. And it takes two weeks after you get vaccinated before the vaccine has helped you. So, again, huh? You yeah. Know, it's just, it's like, I don't get it. It's not adding up. Everything's you know. stupid, Todd. Everything's stupid. Yeah. There you go. There's your <laughs> mantra. You just need a, I want that on a t-shirt. Everything <laughs> is stupid. I think the problem is, is that there's a huge number of kids who are not showing up and who are getting F's. And, you know, the, the, oh, yeah. across the country, there is, you know, the, the, the wave of kids who are failing their classes or just yeah. flat out not showing up is massive. And right. So no, I there's a crisis in education. No yes. doubt. I think they're trying no to stem that tide. But, uh, yeah, their right hand is not talking to the left hand. Woo, that right. was a loud truck that just passed me. Didn't hear it. Ah. It was loud. <laughs> <laughs> heard the reaction didn't hear the truck so uh, yeah um you know i think that that the what neither the politicians nor the educators want to admit is that much like the guy who goes into a coma and wakes up a year later and then picks up with his life and goes on his merry way most of these kids are going to pick up with their life go on their merry way and they're not going to have missed this weird year where the things just you know went to hell in a handbasket um, yeah. I mean, it is what it is and everybody's in the same boat and it's not just the people in your city or your town or your state or your country. It's like, we're all in this, we're all doing our best. And, you know, uh, those kids that aren't logging in or doing anything that are getting F's because they're just ignoring the whole thing, um, are the kids who might've gotten by with C's in, in class because they were forced to be there. Um, you know, I mean, some of them are going to get F's, but, but, uh, you know, these are the kids who, who weren't like absorbing a whole bunch of the material to begin with um and and to be honest when they are in their 20s 30s 40s 50s they're going to look back and say wow that was a weird year but it's not going to affect their you know their life in any major way right you know right. and and politicians and administrators and teachers don't want to admit that um you know some will but but you know it's like okay you know it's not like you know 
it's it's like the the huge stigma of having uh you know a a, um, uh, a bankruptcy or a foreclosure or something like that when there was a huge you know um, uh, economic crash or something wow that's weird i uh what? my keyboard just started putting a bunch of spaces on my, on you know my it was like it was stuck on on the space bar or something interesting there we go um, so yeah like so in 2008 if you had a bankruptcy in 0809 or 10 people were like yeah well that's that's what happened you know yeah. that's it was a rough year yeah yeah and and you know if if you didn't have the best education in 2020 ha, join the crowd yeah exactly you know um that said those that are motivated and wanted to go do things are are the same ones that were always motivated would go do things and educate you know and and there's an internalization of taking responsibility for educating yourself. And you can tell who you're talking to almost immediately because most people who go and are really good learners understand that they're educating themselves with the assistance of a teacher and books and a structure. Um, whereas those who, who aren't uh, inclined to educate themselves or learn a lot tend to say, well, this other person is teaching me. You know, they're, 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 their language is just different. You know, their verbiage is passive versus versus active. Right. And um, and, you know, those that are are lifelong learners and people who are the, the type A personalities, you know, they're going to be that person regardless of of whether, you know, COVID had things shut down. I mean, um, I'm super proud to say that one of my daughters, uh, well, both of my daughters have been going educating themselves through this whole thing and. Um, one of them is on her last class for her um, uh, culinary program, and another just uh, just applied for graduation in her master's degree through Pepperdine. And both of them have managed to be focused and, and stay on task through this whole thing because because they're motivated to do that. That's just who they are, and so um, I'm super proud of both of them. So right on. Um, you know, but right there are other people who are not. And if they were my child, I would be proud of them for being who they are and and try to, you know, instill upon them the need to do the things that they need to do. But there's other other things that as a parent you can you can do to help educate your child, prepare them for for their uh, life after school. You know, a lot of it depends on what age they are, too. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, your third grader. I worry about the third grader. But again, you know, the younger they are, the less, I think, impact of, of a year turning into a brain fart is going to affect them yeah it's true you know I the know. only subjects that really worry me are well, the only subject is math because it you know one year builds on the next and it's easy to forget right. what you've learned and so um you know but i you know you can mm-hmm. they'll pick up wherever they remember and move forward i think yeah. that what the, the governor's push as well is because the state wants to have state testing this year which yeah. i don't know how in the world that will work but um you know, they realize that that the state testing numbers are going to be horrid uh, yeah. unless unless they they fix this, you know, and in the, their minds fix this instead of postponing mm-hmm. t- state testing, which is what I think they should be doing. I um, agree. I think they should just stop. They want to see wh- how much the effect has been. But it's all going to be skewed because those who haven't been doing anything at school aren't going to show up to do an online state test either. And so no. the ones that are actually there taking the tests are the ones who have been in class and care, and they're the ones who are going to score higher on the test anyway. So, well, maybe that's the state's desire is to get say, hey, yeah. look, we did it, you know. We did it, and they're teaching. Yeah, and see, they scored higher. They're even smarter now. <laughs> Everything then somebody will say, then let's do this all the time. 
everything is stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I hate it when people say, you know, they're, you know, that statistics uh, just justify lying and they, and they don't. Statistics actually take information or, or take raw data and turn it into information that you can then use. And I think there, it's a very valuable set of skills, but what you choose to decide that that information then tells you is up to interpretation. That's where human beings can go wonky on it, you know, and everything is stupid. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. So do you think we're going to have violence at the inauguration? Um, I don't. That said, if somebody had asked me uh, if we were going to have violence, you know, as as was seen, uh, you know, crunching down upon our uh, Capitol building a week ago, I would have said, nope, I don't. That's crazy. And yet. Yeah. So um, I have found on Amazon T-shirts available that says everything is stupid. Uh, unfortunately... <laughs> Most of them are followed by, and we're all going to die. Oh, God. I don't want Which that. I don't, but... I, yeah, it's like, that. I don't want that. I just want the everything is stupid. Um, <laughs> and somehow mixed in those t-shirts was a, you can't scare me, I have two daughters. So, um, which works for me. So. Oh, here's another one. My people skills are just fine. It's my tolerance for idiots that needs work. <laughs> That one fits in the same line of thinking, right? <laughs> yeah. God, if you can't laugh, you cry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I like this one, too. Sulfur, argon, calcium, samarium. If you look at their their uh, numbers on the uh, chart of elements, they're uh-huh. the primary elements of humor. Sarcasm. Oh, that's cute. Sulfur is S, argon is AR, calcium CA, samarium SM. Oh, that's Sarcasm. Cute. Primary elements of humor. I like that one, too. <laughs> chemistry yeah. jokes. The chemistry jokes and, and stuff that's, you know, I just, um, I like the the idea of, you know, wearing it on your shirt sometimes. As you know, you've seen me you... when we when we did our walkathon. I was doing uh, what was an ode to uh, science fiction television series. Well, not even just science fiction. I had a bunch of shirts from all over the place. I had a Luke's Diner T-shirt for those who recognize Luke's Diner, and uh, uh, I've got uh, Chips Ahoy ice cream from uh, Stranger Things and. Uh, so I like T-shirts to places that don't really exist, but were referenced in TV shows because they're generally fairly, fairly arcane and most people don't pick up on it. But if they do, then it's just sort of an inside joke. And I like that. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So Luke's Diner is from what? Uh, Luke's Diner is, uh, oh, I have to think about it. It's not a show that I watched. It was one of my daughters watched. Um, it was the two sisters. Um, Gilmore lived, Girls. Uh, Gilmore Girls, thank you, yeah. Yeah, Luke's Diner is Gilmore Girls, place they hung out. And uh, I actually, when I was done, my daughters um, have, uh, over the years, stolen T-shirts from me to use as, like, sleeping shirts. And so I very intentionally wore the shirt one time 
took my picture in it the day I walked when we were doing like selfies after walking and uh, and then uh, washed it, folded it up and sent it to my sister, my sisters, my daughters. And so I sent my daughters uh, some, you know, T-shirts that were for shows that I thought that they would get a kick out of. Um, so. Cool. And that's an inexpensive, fun gift. Yeah, yeah, and it was just sort of random, you know. It was like I didn't save it for a birthday or for Christmas or anything like that. They just, you know, get a package from Dad. It'd be a, a you know, sleeping shirt for them that would be from some old TV show that they would recognize that, you know, the rest of the world might not. But, uh, but uh, you know, it's fun. I uh, uh, Some TV shows and movies, you know, uh, like I have a Los Poyos Hermanos T-shirt uh, from Breaking Bad. Um, you know, Outdoor Man, which is uh, uh, Tim. Um, oh shoot, what's his name? Tim. He was in. He also did Binford Tools. I have a Binford Tools T-shirt. Tim the Tool Man uh, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. And then he, his second show is. And I'm forgetting the guy's name. Um, but uh, you know, Hawkins National Lab is also from Stranger Things. Uh, I have one that has a quote that says. Uh, uh, that's what I do. I drink and I know things from um, uh, Tyrion Lannister. So, not to mention the Lakers. I've, you know, uh, Bushwood um, Country Club. That was from Caddyshack. Oh, wow. Shermer High School from every 80s uh, high school movie ever. Shermer High School <laughs> is where the Breakfast Club and Pity and Pink, they all went to Shermer High School. Um <laughs> Most people that that one's pretty that one's pretty you know deep though because most people don't know that and it wasn't like they talked about it a lot but if you watch the shows you'll see as they walk in or somebody will mention maybe one line in the entire movie that they're uh, there. I have a Central Perk T-shirt which I sent to one of my daughters. Uh, that's from Friends. So. So. And I said Chips Ahoy. I meant Scoops Ahoy is the ice cream parlor from Stranger Things, not Chips Ahoy. Uh, that's a cookie. I wouldn't have known the it's difference. A cookie. Yeah, Delos Corporation. That's from um, uh, Westworld. Oh. That's the corporation that makes the. Uh, I have one. I have a Pawnee, Indiana, um, Parks and Recreations T-shirt. <laughs> By the way, the Sherman High Shermer High School. Um, uh-huh. Every Gen Xer would know what that is. Yeah, yeah, that one <laughs> is like you know it, it's the, some of these are very age specific recognitions of like oh yeah I know that school yeah I, and I know where that's from. Uh, so anyway, I, it was fun to collect those up specifically for the walk. And I, you know, I've kept a few of them. I have the Moss Eisley spaceport, uh, bar and cantina. Um, uh, I kept that one, uh, from the, you know, original star Wars and a few others. Um, and, uh, also in the Mandalorian, by the way, he also visits the same cantina. He does. Yeah. He does. uh, Which is, which is way cool. Um, so um... anyway, we can talk about things other than my T-shirts. <laughs> Welcome to T-shirt podcasting. Fun with flags with Shelton Cooper. All right. That's right. So, um, apparently, not surprisingly, um, the L.A. Times is predicting COVID-19 job losses will worsen in L.A., worsen L.A. homelessness by 2023. So over the next three years, they're expecting an explosion of homelessness. Um, Say worse than by twenty twenty three. I think it worsened it by like um, last March thirtieth. Well, okay. but there's a moratorium on <laughs> right. on evictions and that sort of thing, and people are still right. getting stimulus right. money 
um, and unemployment and those kinds of things that are just helping right. them eke out um, a right. living. Right. Um, They're saying when that stuff ends that we'll all be in the toilet. Yes. So uh, based on the effects of the 2008 recession, the economic roundtable report locked out is the name of the report concludes that the pandemic related unemployment will start a brutal cycle of homelessness. Uh, it says the uptick began as a trickle in 2020, will triple this year and peak by 2023. Hmm. Um, by then, the number of additional working-age adults with no place of their own to sleep will reach more than 52,000 in L.A. County, 131,000 in California, and 600,000 across the nation. The most recent federal estimate for 2019 estimated there were 568,000 homeless people nationally and 129,000 in California. The 2020 count for Los Angeles County put the number at just over 66,000, meaning the projection is for a near doubling. So most of those people will remain largely so invisible. So good news. So yeah, they'll be ca- they'll be they'll be couch surfing with friends or relatives, but for many that will be the beginning of a path leading to the streets. So yeah, um, no, that's is- it's <laughs> more bad news. After the bad news is over, we've got more bad news. Yep. Now. Yay. Given that we have um, a Democrat-controlled everything on the federal level, um, there are probably and the state level. Some, well, yeah, and the state level, but there probably will be some federal dollars to uh, mitigate some of that. It, yeah. That that would not necessarily be there under a Republican administration. So, yeah, at least in um, the next two years until the next round of elections, right? Then we see what happens. Yes. Yeah, but it, but it's it's unlikely that the house will flip. I mean the yeah the house will flip in two years unless something dramatic happens, because um, the Republican Party has to figure out who they are now. Um, yeah. And I don't know that they can get that done in enough time to flip the house. Apparently, there are people who foment re- revolution and and support a crazy man. So, Indeed. Uh, uh, yeah. Apparently, that's the the tack that at least some of them have taken. I uh, yeah. I have never been so happy that I, I, you know, made a political change and left a party, um, you know, four plus years ago. Um, I just that that the Republicans are just in disarray. And while there are Republican candidates whom I would support wholeheartedly, the um, the party as a whole just is is a a excrement show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to tell you, know. you, though, the Democrat Party um, has the same kind of inner turmoil that the Republican Party. They're just not as far down the down the pipe as we are. Right. Well, and, and in some ways, I think they're further down that 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 same, you know, uh, isol- isolated sort of silo of ideology. Um, you know, when you get the um, the. Uh, um, three-letter uh, initials folks, you know, talking about what they want to do with America and how much power they're wielding with the party and driving things, you know. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I left the Republican Party. I didn't join the Democratic Party because I didn't see that there was, you know, a, a lot of um, improvement over there, you know. And, the, you know, we look back on the history of the United States, and at different times we have had different parties. You know, the Whig Party fell by the way. The Republicans, you know, came up during the Civil War. Um, the, you know, we, 
the major party has changed on occasion and and maybe it's time for us to you know get a new organization and i know that the two existing parties are so entrenched and set the rules and the, and the laws such that it's, it's very hard for anybody to fairly compete against them but um but uh, you know we, we've we've seen little bits and, and smatterings of that um in the last two decades of of some independence and some you know some people who who've tried to create parties that are a little bit separate from um from these two and see if one of those would rise and it hasn't happened, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. You know, well, I think I there's think, a huge middle middle group of people. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, 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 yeah, I was going to say what you're starting to say is, you know, most of us exist in the in the middle. Most of mm-hmm. us um, are are, you know, Americans tend to be pretty libertarian. The average American. Um, when I say libertarian, like, you know, where I don't, I don't want to tell you how to live your life. You don't tell me how to live my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, and pretty, most Americans are pretty decent people. Um, I hate that the, this wacko fringe is getting so much attention, um, because most people aren't like that. Right. Yeah. On both parties, most people are, you know, I mean, it's funny because, you know, even with all of the the protesting and stuff that were going on over the summer with Black Lives Matter, if you went to most middle class uh, um, uh, families, regardless of their their um, ethnic makeup, when people were chanting defund the police, they were going, no, I don't want you to defund the police. That would be chaos. That would be that would be anarchy. You know, what we want is policing that's fair and equitable for all so that, you know, my kid feels like if he's in trouble, he can stop a police officer. And that's the safe and right thing to do, just like every other kid. You know, that's all that, that, that people were wanting. And yes. the whole, you know, the, the 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 idea of like, you know, just do away with policing because, you know, policing is bad is such a incredibly simplistic and stupid concept that it's you know it's like fix policing fund assistance you know it's help police officers do a better job because the majority of them are good people who want to do a good job you know they want to protect and serve everybody Um, and there's police officers of every ethnic background yes you know Um, they're good people um but but in today's world, the way news and stuff works is it doesn't pay to talk about good people, you know. I mean, every news state channel, you know, has that little, like, feel-good segment about the, the, you know, community policing or this police officer who's got a, a, a child that's, you know, um, you know, suffering from some disease or there's a fire. You know, they'll always tell some good story, like, that they'll throw in there as, as a gimme once in a while. But the stuff that reaches the headlines, the stuff they spend the majority of their time talking about is is all fantastical things that make everybody, you know, get some fire. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that's happening. You believe it's happening. Uh, you know, that's that's what news has become. Um, you know why? You know, that's how they get paid. Well, I was going to say, because everything is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> everything is stupid. Yeah, and I like it saying everything is stupid. Not everyone is stupid, because people are not all stupid, but everything is stupid. 
everything you do, everything you think of, everything you see, you know, it's, it's, everybody says, oh, it's all made up of, of the same matter. You know, everything is, is, is the same. We're all made out of stardust. No, we're all made out of stupid. It just coalesces into some semblance of intelligence that, that we, we, you know, mildly accept for periods of time before it then fades back into its own stupidity. Uh-huh. I, I've got a whole philosophy of physics and science built around stupid um, <laughs> that that have quickly developed in my brain as we started this conversation. <laughs> and you know why? Because my brain is stupid. Um, yeah. Oh, God, that's just sad. Yeah. It's just sad. Incredibly accurate, but sad. Yep, yep, yep. They have this big old house up in uh, Eureka that uh, looks like Cinderella's castle at Disneyland, sort of. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I just was flipping through. Are you considering relocation? I was talking to my wife about it last night, and she was more inclined to say that if she ever went anywhere, it would probably be... um, uh, North Carolina, because we've got family back there. And, uh, you know, our daughters have both abandoned us. And, and one of them's even talking about leaving the state of California at some point. Not that not that staying in California isn't still thousands of miles away, which is almost the truth. Um, yeah, but, but she eventually wants to buy a house, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and how do you do yeah. that in California? Yeah, when you're, not here is probably um, the yeah. best way to do that. When you're a um, young person. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I get it. I get it. And I don't begrudge them, you know, making the best choice for themselves and, and they should. Uh, but uh, um, the uh, yeah, I just sent you a picture of us in front of that house. Um, but the um, the. Uh, yeah, I, don't know where I was going with all this. That's because everything's stupid. <laughs> oh, that is a pretty house. It is beautiful up there. I, I wouldn't mind living up there yeah. at all. Yeah. I, I thought it was very beautiful. I wouldn't mind living up there at all all either. Um, you know, and it's it's I mean for for a place that's right on the coastline, other than the fact that they've got signs up saying this is a su- tsunami zone and that you may die at any moment, um, it's it's beautiful and relatively affordable. And uh yeah. I, I wouldn't mind it, but you know, when you got family in the area, uh, it's hard to to pick up and move from them, you guys, my in-laws, um, and and like like uh, like I was saying, uh, my wife has said that the only place she'd probably really even seriously consider would be North Carolina, but uh, but she's not ready to retire, so none of that's happening anytime soon. So, and you you've got uh, the you've got the difficult position of having kids one child on each coast yeah it's not like you can pop over and see them both easily you know Mm -hmm. so that's my nightmare that i have one here and one on the east coast um and they both have children um and so i won't be able to see grandchildren easily i want to be able to get access to my grandchildren when they eventually come (laughs) that would be nice that would be nice right yes Maintain 
proximity and relationships so that so that that can happen right it's tough exactly. when you pack up and move hundreds of miles away so yeah anyway what, what yeah you're a little further along than i am i'm not too worried about that but uh yeah so i found a t-shirt that says 10 things i want in life one cars two more cars three car friends who like cars four a big garage for all my cars this guy Five, sounds boring money for my cars six cars seven a woman who loves cars eight a big trailer for my cars nine a track for my cars ten cars <laughs> yeah replace cars with the word mustang and i could get that for my brother-in-law <laughs> hey so there's an interesting new documentary coming out on cnn um, that's exploring the NFL's cheerleader prob- problem. So I don't know if everybody knows um, this, but cheerleaders are like independent contractors with uh, with uh, football franchises. They get paid basically minimum wage or less. Um, they have right. to buy their own uniforms. They, I mean, it's really it's really a raw deal that they get. So they make money selling their calendars and things, but you know, they're they're the NFL controls how they live their life and you know who they can date and all of that because i can't date any players for example but then they girls have to you know these women have to pay for all their own stuff and it just Mm -hmm. makes no sense they do it as a stepping stone maybe they want to be a dancer maybe they want to be an actor or whatever started out as a laker girl she did well the nba may be different so yeah. this is the NFL. Well, I think each each crew is a little different. I mean, you know, that's a, a each organization is, is you know you're an employee of that organization. So if you're a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, you, you, your organization, you're, you're yeah. actually not Todd. So they're not employees. They are they are um, uh, independent contractors, from what I understand. So, um, but I'm saying each each organization sets it up the way they want it. So like I understand that's the case. The Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. There's been some things about that and how they're run. But I, but like, um, I'm trying to think, is there, do the Raiders, not all the teams, not all the NFL teams have cheerleaders. Um, and certainly they don't have them on the sidelines this year. Um, so the, like Raiders the Raiders settled might have a their one own point, deal. The Raiders settled a $1.25 million settlement in September 2014, paying cheerleaders from 2010 to 2014 what they were owed in back wages. Uh, individual payments range from two to two thousand to thirty thousand dollars, depending on the number of seasons the women's the women danced on the team. Um, two thousand, wow! What was that? That seems. I said two thousand. That seems like an incredibly small amount of money. Okay, but if you're not making much, two thousand is a lot. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying is that seems like an incredibly small amount of money, just indicating that they're way underpaid for what they do and the the amount of attention oh, that they bring to the program. Yeah, horribly. So in these these lawsuits, apparently these women make like nine bucks an hour. Yeah. So you know they pay the they pay the men who play who play the game, you know tens of millions of dollars, or at least mm-hmm. millions of dollars if they're bench warming, and uh, these women get nine bucks an hour. Um, you know, and I understand that they're that, that they should probably they don't they haven't earned as much as the the men. I get that, but come mm. on. Yeah, I mean I'm not tuning in to watch the cheerleaders. And I can honestly say, although I know they have like national cheerleading championships for both high school and college age cheerleaders, I've never tuned in to watch that either. Um, and so I suspect there's a lot less money in cheerleading than there is in being a professional athlete. Um, that said, you know, 
if that's their goal in life, understand that it's probably not a sustainable career. You know, but if it's if it's your stepping stone to being that Paula Abdul or that next level, you know, if you're going to bankroll that into uh, that that who you are um, into some other kind of career, wasn't there a um, wasn't like Phyllis George, a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader or something, one time? I I don't know who is I, Phyllis I, George. Um, uh, really, am I that old? <laughs> Phyllis George is an American businesswoman, actress, and sportscaster. She was hired as a reporter and co-host of CBS Sports pre-show at the NFL Today, uh, becoming the first woman to hold an on-air position on a national televised sports broadcasting. She has also served as the First Lady of Kentucky from 79 to 1983. She won Miss Texas in 1970 and was crowned Miss America in 1971. That's what I was remembering. She was Miss America. She wasn't a cheerleader. So... so um... You know, these these women, the Raiderettes were paid, uh, are you ready, $1,250 per season. And they were required to put in countless hours at uh, community appearances, practice sessions, et cetera, et cetera. They had to buy their own equipment and uniforms. And, um, you know, as, I I don't take that attitude. Who signs up for some stupid too, deal like that? Too bad, wow. so sad. You're you're stupid for doing it. I don't I don't buy into that. I think that that yeah. if they're out there doing the work of the team, promoting the team, they need to be paid. Right. Yeah. I mean, the fact that that some bozo ad- administrator was able to talk people into working for that little and working that hard and then paying their own way to do it is stunning. And and you know, the sad thing is, is that they their attitude was probably, well, you don't want to do it. We'll find somebody else. Um, yeah, that's that was probably their attitude. Um, but yeah, that's that's like below minimum wage for the amount of time and effort that had to be put in. I think that uh, it's a shame they should be sued. You know, yep. I mean, it it doesn't mean that it has to be, you know, a means of getting rich, but they have to be compensated fairly, uh, you know, and it should frankly, they should be compensated out of the marketing budget because that's well, what and, they clearly and- were. And, and why wouldn't it be a means of getting rich? Aren't they out promoting very wealthy teams? I mean, what's wrong with cheerleaders getting rich? I, I have no problem with them getting rich. But what I'm saying is there's no way to compel the owner of a business to pay somebody a, a specific fee. They'll pay whatever the market is bearing for that fee. Uh, but they do have such things as minimum wage laws and slave labor laws. Indeed. Yeah, they do. No, I'm not saying if they can get rich and they can use that to 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 take their, you know, fame gathered for doing that into something that pays more than that, that's great. Go do it. Become great business people. Be rich. I never would stop somebody or or say that somebody shouldn't go gather as much money as they possibly can for what they're doing. You know, um, I, I would venture to say that if Beyonce decided to go out and, and, and be a cheerleader for a team for a season, um, they'd probably offer her a lot of money to do it. You know, I'm sure they would because she'd be a big draw. Uh, or, or any one of the Kardashians or, you know, but there would be people who would actually come to games to see them, you know. So, um, you know, there's a little bit different draw. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's it's awful. That it sounds like that, that these large corporations making billions of dollars were literally taking advantage of um, probably young and naive women who who desperately wanted to be part of something like this and were doing it for nothing. And it sounds like in some cases, probably even going backwards, if they had to buy their own gear and pay for their own travel, um, you know, you know, 
Uh, I think in California, the laws are written such that they can't. Now, we say this was, you know, the Raiders, so obviously in Oakland, but at least uh, I think that they've got a good argument that, that you can't have those people as independent contractors because you're saying when and where they have to work. You know, they physically have yes. to be at this location at this time in order to do this job. So you have to be an employee by that standard, which means that then they have to, you know, follow all the rules therein. Yes, and that's, that law just changed last year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that. Yeah, it has changed, but it also. I mean, I think that it existed as I defined it. I mean, it's even gotten more specific, but it existed as I defined it, which is if you specify the location and the time that the work has to be taken, that has been in existence for quite some time. And so, I think that those people certainly have the opportunity to take the their uh, former employer who tried to deny employment uh, to court and say, "Yeah, you actually were my employer and you owe me money." So, you know, good for them for doing that and getting some money back out of these people even though it sounds like they should have gotten a lot more but but uh and i and i'm not laughing because i i think i'm taking a light of it just laughing because that the amount of money i mean twelve hundred dollars it's like great you got some more money out of them you should have gotten more than that because that's just that's nothing that's you know? insane yeah. yeah yeah so we are out of time todd i don't want to be out of time I want to keep talking forever and ever. Let's talk about t-shirts again. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, uh, this has been a bizarre and wandering and meandering back from the brink. But, uh, you know, some days we're more concise. Some days we wander around a bit. Um, we didn't talk about food. But we did, you know, I didn't ding. I don't ding when you have a guest on who's talking about food because I think it's a little rude. So, like, when we had... <laughs> When we had um, Michelle uh, Harris, Michelle Harris on the radio show, and she started immediately talking about, you know, January is the time to start talking about your diet, and she started talking about vegan diets and healthy eating. I felt like it would be a little tacky to throw the ding in there, although she, I think she would get it; she would roll with it and, and laugh. But uh, so maybe I'll do it next time. But uh, um, anyway, onward we march. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.